0: Welcome to the Portage Health Foundation podcast. My name is Michael Babcock. I am the host of this podcast. And this month we are talking about Giving Tuesday. We are going to be doing a series of interviews here on the PHF podcast, uh, highlighting many of the nonprofits we work with. In total, we're working with 22 nonprofits from Barraga, Houghton, Keweenaw, on and Onsenagan counties, um, including the Dan Schmidt Gift of Music, which is where we're actually going to get started. Um, over the next couple of days, I'm going to be releasing, I think, three different podcast episodes where we're going to interview a whole bunch of different people. Um, in this one, we're going to talk with Spear Search and Rescue, uh, Swedetown uh, uh, trail system up in Calumet, as well as the Keweenaw Family Resource Center, uh, and and hearing about all of them, what they do, why they're part of Giving Tuesday, and, um and you know, giving you a reason that, you know, put your heart, heart where your money is, which is what we're calling Giving Tuesday's tagline, uh, because we are matching up to $200,000 in donations made through Giving Tuesday itself, which is on November 30th, which is next week already. It's crazy to hear that. Um, if you're interested in donating to any of these nonprofits, go to phfgive.org/givingtuesday. Um, you can also go to the show notes wherever you're listening to this podcast and be able to click on the link there. Um, we are going to start with the Dance Make Gift of Music, who last year. Um, was able to receive a check for $8,798.46. The year before that, they got $6,755 for a grand total of $15,553 through Giving Tuesday, um, which uh, I personally think is pretty cool. So let's let's hear from you guys. Uh, Charmaine and John, you guys are here. Um, congratulations on last year's check. That's a lot of money. Um, tell us about what Giving Tuesday has meant to you guys.
1: You go ahead.
2: Okay. Well, Giving Tuesday has... Uh, just been an amazing godsend to help us raise money. We haven't been able to do our major fundraiser, which is Farm Block Fest. So um, to me, I'm surprised within our community at the people that are valuing what we're doing, our music education, our and outdoor ed. Um, and to have the resources that Portage Health Foundation offers us is unbelievable. It just, Far beyond anything we could do um, ourselves. So,
1: and, and I just add one other little thing. In addition to the uh, to the financial benefit, which is tremendous and unbelievable, it also sort of lends a uh, a note of credibility to our to our nonprofit to the work that we're doing. And we really appreciate that.
0: Excellent, and and it's well deserved. Um, you know, I've been following your organization since we started this, and it's really incredible. If you have the chance, go on Facebook. Uh, uh, search for the Dance Make Gift of Music, follow them. The posts they make throughout the year are, are really incredible. Um and, and it's fun to um, to see what you guys are doing and on Farm Block Fest, of course. If you guys if, if anybody out there hasn't heard of Farm Block Fest, go look it up. It's such a fun event. And, and you guys have done some, you know, tried the virtual stuff a little bit the last two years and it's been it's interesting, not quite the same as getting out in your guys' farm and getting to enjoy that fun. But the farm is also important because um, while the music is really important, um, you guys also do like a farming aspect of, of what you guys are trying to do. So, John, if you could describe um, that the, the, the food aspect of what your organization does.
1: Well, in, you know, in the past, we worked with uh, area schools, we worked with the uh, COK Elementary, we worked with the Horizons Alternative School, and we've done programs where we try to just very simply just show young people where their food comes from. Uh, in, in very simple terms, and it, and it can be something as simple as gathering apples and making apple cider, and and having that, you know, fellowship and fun with them, and making that and trying it out, or making maple syrup. We've done that too, and the kids are just amazed by it. And then we also have done um, times where we've gone through like the garden season and gardening with with young people and showing them what what goes into to having a garden and to keeping it going, and the and the Produce and the you know the fruits that you get from that and kids really you know kids are great kids love doing things like that and they also learn something about it now that's it's been difficult with the pandemic because our connection with the schools has kind of come to a certainly last year it completely came to a stop during the pandemic so we want to get that back up going stronger during this next upcoming year and especially during the the garden season and hopefully during syruping time too. So
0: excellent. I, I love making syrup myself. I think that's a really fun thing and a cool way to connect with the, the region around us. And, and Charmaine, I actually I, I skipped right past the main thing you guys do, which is the music part of it. It's called the gift of music. Um, tell us about what the gift of music part is and, and what you guys do with that.
2: The gift of music, um, I'm very proud to say that uh, we've been able to, there was only a a brief, maybe three or four months that we totally shut down because schools were closed. And our main, our two instructors, Jake Tenharmsell and John Snyder, follow the school lead. So we shut down for a little bit and then they were comfortable, and we had safety protocols, and they started back up with lessons for kids, which is, um, those are offered at the Calumet Arts Center. They're a great partner for us. Um, it's a big cavernous setting, so it's not a tiny room that the kids are in, and basically, children get free mu- um, piano or guitar lessons, so um, they meet weekly, half-hour lessons, and it's amazing. We recently did a survey uh, with parents and students. And aside from technical skills, dedication to practice, and a meaningful after-school activity, the students circled um, what they what they acquired were patience, self-confidence, a creative outlet, stress, depression, and self-esteem. So to me, I'm like, oh my God, these kids need this so, so much. And so that's what we've been doing most recently we have a young student matthew who performed a couple years ago when he was six at farm block fest and he's been using a really tiny guitar and our instructor john and myself we said well he needs he needs to upgrade because he's dedicated he practices and um so he got a new guitar this last week and he was beside himself. His dad said they were shocked. They were surprised and so happy. And when he got home, he went through everything he could play over and over. And his dad said, I couldn't not get him to go to bed. So, I mean, that is what it's all about. Gives me chills. And that's, that's our, our primary, um, focus, but really the, the food growing is also super important too. The the kids and the they always eat really well when they come out here too. So because but it's things that we've grown and for kids, some kids first time tasting celery, or I didn't know carrots grew like this, or so it's quite powerful and magical. So
0: excellent. Or they didn't know it tasted that good too. I mean, that's stuff fresh out of there. Tastes a lot better. It very true. A lot different. Very true. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. Uh, and
0: John, if you could just do real quick, um, um, you know, it's called the Dan Schmidt Gift of Music. Talk about Dan Schmidt and who he was.
1: Well, Dan was a uh, very, very close friend of our son Graham. They went through uh, um, high school together, and even prior to high school, junior high, and and also he became a very close friend with our family. And he was just an incredible musician, uh, a really gifted guitar player. And to make a long story short, you know, he and Graham had begun sort of a musical career together. They were gonna move down to Kalamazoo together um, where Graham was going to, to attend college and Dan was gonna go down too. And they were gonna hang out together and work on their music together. And he was killed in, a, in an accident on, I believe it was New Year's Eve. Uh, are very remember. close to it yeah, during the holidays, and we were we were pretty devastated by that. A group of us who are out here on the farm block who knew Dan very well, and, and we said, "What are we going to do? We got to do something. We got to do something to honor Dan and his uh, and his music and his what he meant to our family." And so that's how we began Farm Block Fest as a way to honor him. And then out of Farm Block Fest grew our nonprofit. We said, "Well, what we should be doing something more." You know, we're not doing this festival for money for us. What are we going to do with this? We were donating the money to uh, Keweenaw Crayons and other uh, Keweenaw groups. But when they sort of left and, and disbanded, that's when we began the Dan Schmidt Gift of Music and Outdoor Education. So a way that we could honor him and, and keep it going.
2: And, Excellent. and- through that, it's it's a, it's a, all a healing process too, Mike. So, but we're still healing, so.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, um, you know, we've all lost people close to us, and it's a, it's a lifetime of healing. It really is. And I'm, I'm glad you guys are able to take this group and, um, you know, have it benefit the world like you are and, and you, you know, in his name, um, you know, bring his name out to all these, you know, new people. Um, and, and let's talk about the finances a little bit, Charmaine. I know you guys have had a, a tough year financially, a tough two years now. Um, what what is the, has the, um, you know, the income looked like for you guys over the last two years, and, and how has it been affected by the pandemic and, and other things?
2: Well, the income has been affected um, mainly because we we didn't have Farm Block Fest. But the other thing is, is I, I write because our activity is so curtailed. I don't write many checks out, so balancing the book through through QuickBooks is pretty fast right now. So, but anyway, um, I believe our our local community continues to support us because I I think they value what we're doing and and value it's amazing the sometimes we'll get a check from someone who understands how important music is and i don't know you know it's just it's amazing it's it's the magic of of what we do i i think mike so but um we used to always call farm block fest our major fundraiser Mm, it's more of a reunion and celebration of of everything you know you guys are our main fundraiser so we're really excited about (laughs) partnering with portage health foundation thank you
0: yeah and that is kind of one of the things i wanted to bring up is that um the the gifts of all of our listeners um have really been something that has has turned into a a really big part of what you guys do so um that money that you guys have donated they're out there listening to this um you know as i said more than fifteen thousand dollars over the last two years um has made a lot of things possible and john will finish his last question for you guys what do you guys, what have you guys been able to do with that money since we've been able to um, help raise it for you?
1: Well, it's gone into, uh, uh, primarily, it's primarily gone towards our, our music instructors and, and maintaining and running our music program. Um, that's primarily where it has gone. It's also gone into, oh, for instance, like we did a, we did a workshop on pruning, pruning apple trees, fruit trees. Well, we bought we brought some some clippers and some things that students could use and things. So there's been a few things like that too that we've used the money for. Um I what some, else? Some
2: some infrastructure for hopefully upcoming Farm Block Fest. Um, some some stand up tents and things that will make it um, you know, just keep improving our our um, our s- infrastructure for Farm Block Fest. Um, Like I said, we have two, two young kids that needed three quarter size guitars. So those were just purchased. And so as the need arises, we, that's what we've been spending it on. We, we have some money and, but once, if we actually put on the festival, that will, that'll, that'll deplete it. But anyway, so that's what I
0: can't can't wait for summer 2022 to get back out to farm block and, and have fun with the farm block festival. Um, Before we go, how can people follow uh, the work you guys do with the dance, make gift to music?
2: Well, we are on. Uh, we ha- do have a website, um, da- giftofmusic.org, I believe it is, and we are on Facebook, as you already noted. Um, um I don't think so. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, we. Our executive director, Graham Parsons, is uh, another one to reach out to. He's he's the he's holding it all together for us. So.
0: Excellent, and that website is dsgiftofmusic.org. Um, go out there follow their work um you know and you can also donate to them any time of the year too it doesn't have to be just here for giving Tuesday again they're matching up yeah. to twenty thousand dollars in donations from now until November 30th um, at phfgive.org slash Tuesday, or you can send us a check 400 Quincy Street uh, Hancock Michigan just make sure you write in the note who you want the check to be uh, designated to and I want to thank you guys so much for being on the, the podcast today thanks again
2: thank you Mike Mike
1: thank you so much you do a great job
0: oh thank you and we will hey, welcome back. Thank you guys for listening to that interview with Charmaine and John. Um, just sweet, sweet people. Um, and their organization does incredible work, as we talked about. Um, we are now moving to another sweet, sweet person and Darian Reed. Um, he is with Superior Search and Rescue, another organization that is going on their third year of being Giving Tuesday with us. And in that time, um, they have raised $9,000, um, which is, is pretty awesome. And, and, and Darian has let me know that that is actually the um, largest fundraising efforts they've done um, to date so far. So, Darian, I am hoping before we go any further, you can give us, everybody that's listening to this, a little update on what Superior Search and Rescue does. So, Spear Search and Rescue,
3: we're a local nonprofit in the region. We serve Houghton, Keweenaw, and we officially now serve Ontonagon Counties. Uh, we serve with, their, with the respective sheriff's offices to locate missing people uh, when requested. Uh, on top of that, we're also working on some community engagement stuff uh in the over the next year and of course uh we're consistently always training to be prepared for the next missing person search
0: yeah and and this um this summer uh has been um you know spring and summer into fall um you guys have been really busy talk about the year you guys have had and what it's been like for your organization
3: yeah so the this past year has been so in 2020 it was nothing no missing persons, which was great. That is the greatest year that we can ever have. I always hope for zero. I hope that I never have to go out on another missing person search and just train and train and train. But in 2021 alone, we've been part of, let me double check, one, two, three, six, seven, eight, eight missing person incidents uh, in Houghton and Antonine counties. We've also been, our UAV team has been involved in uh, about four or five, separate incidents not related to a missing person. Uh, some of those events include like the tanker spill that happened earlier this year, um, a fire down in Ontonagon.
0: Uh, but we've been slowly expanding more and more on that program. Excellent, I know um, I've had a chance to work with you guys quite a bit. I was on, on the scene with that oil spill um, and your, your the drone footage that your organization was able to pull out. Um, was absolutely um, incredible and and so useful for those planners um what's it what's it like for you guys i know you guys are all volunteers which is incredible H- how do you guys do do what you do i mean how, how are you able to get volunteers to step up and and, and you know go out and help on these scenes when you know most people are most people are running away or, or that you guys are one of the first ones there
3: one the the biggest thing is that we every single one of us wants to help our community you know in some sort of fashion that's biggest thing of of all of us you know we all have that drive to be able to make our community a better place and make it a safer place we have we have a wonderful wonderful terrain in the in that region we have skiing mountain biking atv off-road snowmobile everything you know and we encourage people to come and visit we're kind of that safety net in a way in case something does happen you know I hope that nothing ever happens, but if something does, we're there
0: to help. Excellent. And one topic I do want to talk about just to, uh, briefly here um, is, and just kind of give people an update, because we've been talking about a lot um, over at the Portage Health Foundation over the last few months is, is Project Lifesaver. Um, for those that are unaware, Project Lifesaver is a, is a grant um, project that we did to the Houghton County uh, Sheriff's Office in partnership with the Sheriff's Offices in Ontonag and Beraga and Keweenaw Counties, as well as in partnership with Superior Search and Rescue. Um, who is actually um, now as it's being implemented taken on a pretty active role in it tell us about project lifesaver from your perspective and, and how it's been to, to you know train and now implement
3: so it, it's actually been wonderful i mean it was a wonderful training i know uh we had one of our uh our training officer patrick dietrich did to get a chance to go to the three-day long training in hancock earlier this year and he learned so much about this program and then he was able to bring that back to our team. And we were able to get 15 of our members trained and prepared on how to use some of the equipment uh, for Project Lifesaver. We actually went out. It was a Thursday night. It was rainy. It was, you know, the worst kind of rain that you could have. It was cold and wet. And we went out into the woods and we were locating these uh, the tracker bands. We were able to successfully find all of them. And we had one that was actually a mini mock search. Uh, Took us 20 minutes to locate that band. And we put that band was located on an individual who was actually walking around in the woods. I I I
0: love to hear that kind of success.
3: You know, the, the fact that project lifesaver has a, you know, average 30 minute search time and the success rate since night, the, since the program has been founded, I mean, it is absolutely wonderful. And I really do encourage those that have, um, you know, mental deficiencies to get in on this program uh, because you just never know. It, yeah. It's a safe, it, it really is.
0: And, and already we've had um, 11 people in Houghton County sign up to participate with Project Lifesaver. Um, over the next few weeks, they're gonna start getting the bans to families, um, which, is, which is just incredible that we're gonna have it going on like that. If you wanna know more about Project Lifesaver, Um, or if you wanted to donate to support it, uh, phfgive.org slash projectlifesaver. Um, You can go on there and and make your donation to that. We would, you know, it's, we're, our hope is that every family that wants it will be able to do it um, for free for as long as they, as they can participate in it. Um, And and in order for that to be free for families um, in moving forward, it's going to take that ongoing support from, uh, from people in our community. So anyways, back on to Giving Tuesday. Um, For those that are are not aware, we're matching up to $200,000 in donations to the 22 organizations that include Superior Search and Rescue, Um, which brings me to, Darian, what what do you guys plan to do with with the funds that you guys are able to raise this year?
3: So uh, one of the big things that we're actually focused on uh, is the expansion of our UAV team. I mean, we've been using it over the last few years, thanks to the Fortage Health Auxiliary uh, gift shop in UP Health System Fortage Hospital. Uh, they originally funded the team back in 2019 with a grant. Uh, and even coming up soon, we're we're getting some more funding for a newer unit that is able to be a better equipped and is actually more comparable to a helicopter asset. Um, approximate cost of about $41,000, and we've already secured $5,000 in funding for it. Uh, we're looking at another $30,000 potentially from the Portage Health Foundation uh, with a program that, with a proposal that we submitted recently to them, and then of course uh, we're looking for a little bit of public help on it. And that's one of the key things. About five to six thousand dollars is what we're looking for uh, to help fund this project. We've used every single one of the incidents that we've been involved in this year. We have used, you know, last year in 2020 we used it also, and. Back in 2019, when we first started, it's it's an asset that's never been used up here in the in the Copper Country. And as I've recently found out, um, it was one of the first drone programs in the Upper Peninsula. Now there's been more uh, other teams that have expanded, like the Marquette County Sheriff's Office. And but you know it's it's a tool that can be easily deployed uh, in the matter of minutes to an area.
0: Excellent. And I also, I'm impressed um, with how quickly you guys are able to get the information. Uh, you know, I was able to go on a tour of your new trailer, um, which you guys upgraded quite a bit uh, this year. Um, you know, it, first off, I want to take a step back. Some people might not know what not, might not know what UAV is. Um, what oh, is
3: it? So uh, a UAV is a unmanned aerial vehicle. Uh, most people would also call it just a drone, uh, but it's a platform that would fly uh just like an aircraft, uh, with the exception of that, you do not have your pilot physically on the vehicle.
0: Excellent. Give people a little bit of idea of what your trailer does that you guys are able to bring out instances and events. I mean, you guys were out at Canal Run this year, um, showing off the trailer. It's really an impressive piece. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, and that, that the, our command trailer was recently remodeled.
3: Uh, again, thank you to the Shell foundation first responders grant for helping to fund that project. Uh, our trailer is a mobile command center. It has computer stations, a TV. Uh, there's even a server for image processing. What, with that, we can be able to bring in all the tools that we need uh, to process not only imagery from our drone program, but also say if we locate a camera out in the woods or if there's any o- other um, you know, computer-based stuff that we need to do. Uh, we're rolling out a new incident management software to try to track not only our teams that are out in the field, but also track all the radio traffic and all the documentation that's on a search. Surprisingly enough, we actually create a lot of paper, uh, and by being able to go virtually, we'll be able to not only cut off a lot of that paper, but also, you know, be instead of having the sheriff's office a you know book full of paper documentation we could just here you go here's a flash drive with everything that went on along that's with timestamps, the maps that that we create tracks of teams that have gone out into the field everything we can try to manage everything from that
0: one location again all of this is by a bunch of volunteers in our community it's really really impressive um you know for a little more background started mostly as a michigan tech group um, but now what, what percentage of your group would you say? And I don't expect an actual full exact answer. But what percentage of your group do you think is community members at this point?
3: So recently over the last year, we've been uh, there's been a lot of changes in our organization. Uh, we're looking we're pushing about 80, 85 percent of our membership is now local individuals within Houghton, Keweenaw and Antonine counties. And we're always looking for people who are willing to serve uh, and willing to help out you know, there's really no experience required to get involved because we do all of our teaching in-house. Uh, we're launching a brand new training program starting in January where we're actually integrating a blended learning platform uh, with not only online and a classroom session, but we're actually going to be going out uh, and doing exercises within uh, out in Houghton County, Keweenaw, Ontonagon, Baraga County. You know, we're, we're trying to expand and you know, roll over to a new, some new, new stuff coming up.
0: Awesome. I, I love to hear it. Um, Daring, if somebody's interested in learning more about Superior Search and Rescue, how can they go about finding you? So if you're looking for information on search on
3: Superior Search and Rescue, you can go to superiorsar.org or find us on Facebook at Superior Search and Rescue. We also launched an Instagram page most recently.
0: I'm working on that a bit. Awesome. I hope you guys get out there and give them some followers because, uh, they deserve it. And the Instagram is a, is a great way to reach a, a lot a lot, a lot, of, a lot, of people in our community that might not be found on Facebook or other places. Um, thank you again for listening to PHF Podcast here. We're talking about Giving Tuesday. Um, we just finished talking to Superior Search and Rescue President Darian Reed. Um, next, we're going to head over to the Sweet Town Trails up in Calumet to hear about the amazing work that they're doing. Thanks again, Darian, for being on the podcast.
3: Thank you very much, Michael.
0: Thanks again Darian for that interview and giving us an update on Spear Search and Rescue. Now we're here with Craig Hughes. Um, it's been kind of a presidential podcast so far as we talked to the president from the Dan Schmidt Gift Music and then the president from Serious Search and Rescue, and now the president of the Sweet Town Trails Club, Craig Hughes. Craig, welcome to the PHF Podcast. Thanks a lot, Michael. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny making your debut in the podcast, um, but this is not the debut for Sweet Town Trails Club and Giving Tuesday. Um, you guys are actually in your third year participating. The first year you guys raised over 17,000, the second year over 23,000, bringing your total through two years to $40,386.47, which is pretty awesome. That's a lot of money. Um, it, it, it is,
4: we really appreciate it. It's been a godsend for us. We've been able to do a lot of projects and, and save up for some future projects. So we've been super appreciative and, and we look forward to this year's as well. Yeah.
0: That's, that's good to hear. Talk about, um, you know, what, what's been, what's it been like for you guys to, to use those funds? What have you been able to do with that money through the first two years?
4: Well, a few things. Yeah, absolutely. A few things, uh, we've been improving the trails, both the ski trails and the bike trails, um, and buying equipment. And, and so, you know, building more trails, maintaining trails, uh, we bought a mini excavator, which has been a huge help for both the the ski and the, I should say, both the winter and the summer trails, um, so, and then uh, also a big part of that money has been going into uh, funds for future projects. Uh, the big one being, or the two big ones being a land purchase, which I'll talk more about in a minute. And, and the other one is some upgrades to the parking lot that we're hoping to do here shortly.
0: Awesome. I, this is like breaking news for me. So I'm really excited to hear this. Um, but before we go into that, these future plans, um, let's actually take a step back because I forgot to ask you this to begin with. Um, for those who are unaware of what Sweet Town Trails Club is, where you guys are located, all that kind of stuff, give us give us the, give us the information on that.
4: Oh, sure, yeah. So Sweet Town Trails is comprised of 1,400 acres. Almost all of it is owned by Calumet Township. Um, and we are a partner with Calumet Township. They own the land. They own the chalet. But we can uh, uh, operate the, the whole thing. You know, we maintain the trails. We uh, groom the trails in the wintertime. Uh, we improve trails, we add trails, um, and we run the Sweet Town Chalet, which has volunteers, you know, has an indoor area for resting, it's got a fireplace, or a wood stove, I should say, and uh, we have a little snack area that, that you can purchase snacks, bring your own snacks in, and warm up, and bathrooms, and you know, all water, and all that good stuff, so um, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's it, well, let me, let me tell you about all the things that are done, so there's obviously skiing I've mentioned and biking, but people also run and snowshoe and hike and walk and snow, a snow biking too. That's the that like that. newest one. Yep. When we have snow bike specific trails in the winter, even that are groomed just for snow biking. So
0: excellent. And also some ski during, is that, is that the right and word? We have
4: dog friendly trails. Yep. We have some trails out from Woodland Avenue. That's just, you know, that's specifically for, for dogs. So
0: Excellent. Now, let's get to this breaking news part, um, and I did not expect this, I'm, and, and then the journalist in me is excited to hear this. Um, what kind of things, you, you know, you said two big projects moving forward. Tell me about what those big projects might be.
4: Sure. The first one, which is actually has been in the works for a couple of years, is a Michigan uh, DNR Land Trust grant that we received. But, you know, there's a lot of processes and steps that have to go on, especially with COVID has really drawn it out. Instead of 18 months, it's been more like 36 or 40 months. So it's taken a long time. but we're in the middle of one of the last steps, which is appraisal. And once the appraisals come in, then hopefully everybody can agree on prices and then we'll purchase these two parcels of land. They're both about 18 acres. One of them um, comprises a good part of ber- the birch loop. And then the other one comprises or, or is where um, the bear chase starts and finishes. And once we own that, we're going to actually expand the Tamrack loop into that area so um, that'll be really nice to own those two pieces of property then then calumet township will own all the you know once we get those two 18 parcels all the property that that sweet town uses so we're really excited about that and and securing that property forever uh will will be huge for the
0: trails that's awesome and uh um give give people a little idea what the great bear chase is
4: Oh, sure. The Great Bear Chase is a ski race that's put on usually the first or second weekend in March every year. Um, It's grown from about 300 to uh, recently as high as 800 people. Last year we had to limit the participation because of uh, COVID, but we still had over 600, 630 something last year. And so it has seven races. There's a 10 kilometer classic and a 10 kilometer skate race. There's 25 skating classic. There's a 50 skating classic, and there's also a 50 kilometer skiathlon, which is half. You do the first lap classic and the second lap uh, skate. So it's a it's a really fun day. It's usually pretty sunny, or it's miserably blizzardy. Those are the, those are the two extremes we've been getting for the last ten years. Either beautiful or or awful, but um, most of the time it's beautiful, and we get a lot of people from the local area. And also Wisconsin, Minnesota, um, Lower Michigan. So it's a great yeah, it's fun one event. of the
0: last uh, true um, you know the events of the year for cross country skiers, which is a lot of fun.
4: It, it is, yeah. And so a lot of people go and you know just it's after the Berkey, which is a big race in the, in northern North America. So it's a it's a really fun, laid back atmosphere for a lot of people.
0: Excellent. And talk a little about the Great Deer Chase. That's the other big event that helps benefit your guys' trail system. I know you're not quite as involved with that one, but it's still a pretty big event.
4: It, it is, it is. It's our biggest summer event. It's a great deer chase. Um, between two and 400 people participate in that. And it's a mountain bike race. And I, because I'm not as involved, I don't quite know the distances. I think they added a 25 mile this year. And it's there's a 25 and a 35, and then maybe like a 10 mile or something. But it's, it's usually in uh, August, I believe so obviously i apologize i don't know as much as i should about that one i help every year but i'm just not on the organizing committee so
0: right um and so we talked about the two the two big pieces of property you guys are looking to um um, make happen has the has the funds from the giving tuesday been able to assist with that at all or has it been going to other areas yeah
4: no the funds that that forty thousand dollars we, we put about 12k of that into that land acquisition fund so we're going to need to raise a you know another 12 to 15k for that land acquisition fund so you know it's it's halfway built um and then uh can I talk about the other project that that I'm, is... I'm
0: ready to hear about it.
4: All, all right. So the the latest project is is straight out of a need that that everybody sees and and a lot of out of town people complain about. Actually everybody is is kind of complaining including myself complains about it. It's our parking situation. The whole chalet parking lot is it's not as big as it needs to be, which is a wonderful problem of course. Um, so we're looking to do four things with this project. One is to to expand the parking lot by 50%, get it up to 100 cars. Um, two is to fix the driveway. That's another thing people, including myself, complain about that driveway is horrendous. So we wanna raise the driveway, um, get it up above the water, uh, latent water level a little bit higher so it, it won't be so washboardy. Um, and three is we're looking to add gateway signs, which are signs that'll say, you know, chalet here, mountain bike ski trails go through here, the snowshoe trail is over here and snow bike trail, you know, so it kind of tells people, especially those first-timers, as you look around and there's all these trail starts and where, which door do I go into for the chalet and stuff like that. So, and then the last thing is we're, we're looking to add, um, it's, they're, they're calling it a post and rope fence, so it'll go up the the left edge of the driveway and around the parking lot. And it just kind of keeps keeps all the cars where they should be. And in and summertime, we sometimes have four wheelers and stuff, so it'll keep everybody where they're supposed to be. Um, and then we're going to add grass and and some picnic tables and things like that. So more of a park experience than an industrial wasteland experience.
0: Yeah, it'll make it a little more intentional, which is uh, always, always a positive sign to hear stuff like that. Well, you know, I've been up there uh, many times now. Where are you adding 50 spot or 50% of the spots? I'm I'm picturing trees and, and it being kind of tight. Yeah, it, it is
4: kind of tight, but if if um, we're going to bring in a bunch of fill that we have to source for free fill. And so opposite the chalet on the other side, there's some room there. That little shed is going to get moved to up by our groomer building. So the shed is going to go away, and so we'll, we'll create some spots there. And then also towards the sledding hill. We're not going to affect the sledding hill, but there's a little corner of that sledding hill that's not used for sledding, actually. And so we'll expand into that region. So between those two, we can get another 60 or another... 30, uh, thirty, forty spots.
0: So excellent, um, and and I'm guessing some of that's going to be used from the Giving Tuesday funds that we were hoping to raise. Oh here. yeah, yeah,
4: absolutely. This this year, the Giving Tuesday funds will be split between those two projects. So.
0: Awesome. Awesome. That's great to hear. And again, um, last year, the Sweet Town Trails Club was able to bring in just over $23,000. So let's hope that um, everybody out there can get some money to the Sweet Town Trails Club to get that up a little bit higher this year. Um, two other quick notes. I just want to mention people because one thing, this is just one of my personal things that I always think people forget is um, you guys actually have a trailhead out on M203 too, um, out towards McLean's. So talk a little about that trailhead and what people can do out there.
4: Yeah, that trailhead, uh, there there are uh, ski trails and mountain bike trails and snowshoe trails from that trailhead. So it's just real convenient if you live out on M203 or any way, you know, over that way. Um, and then sometimes people will like, you know, man and wife or friends or something, they'll drop a car off down there and then start up at the chalet and it's all downhill, right? So that's kind of fun oh, wow. thing to do, um, to point, point to point all downhill skis. So uh, that's, that's fun. I got
0: my plans for next winter. <laughs> How far is that between those two trailheads?
4: Uh, That's going to be about six miles, roughly, so nine kilometers. I love putting you on the spot like this. No, that's fine. That's (laughs) fine. I just had to think.
0: And uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, this isn't necessarily a Sweet Town thing, but I know you guys were in partnership with this, and and it it talks about the the skiing scene as a whole in in Calumet area anyways. Um, Talk about what's going on around Calumet Lake, if you know anything about that project.
4: Yeah, I know a little bit about that. yeah, you guys help fund that. And it's a snow bike trail that goes around Calumet Lake and uh, the township is doing that. And And so actually, it's going to be a really good complement to the snow bike trails at Sweet Town because our trails are a little bit more technical, a little bit more difficult. So, you know, if you're just starting with snow biking, go to Calumet Lake, you know, learn how to learn how to do it there. And then once you are ready for a little, little bit hillier, a little bit more turnier, narrower trail, then come to Sweet Town.
0: Awesome, is that going to be anything that people can find out about through you guys? I know it's a different group kind of doing it, but is that can you know, on your website? Will that be featured anywhere, anything like that? You, yeah, you know, that's I'm a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Actually,
4: that's a, that's a great idea. And speaking of news, uh, we have a new website coming out really, really quickly. So um, either yet this month or early in December. So um, I will take a note right now and we'll we'll put that on our website. Good idea. Excellent. Thank you.
0: Yeah, well, that brings up my final point too. How can people follow the Sweet Town Trails Club and all the work you guys do?
4: Uh, uh, through our website. We are also on Facebook, and we have a new Facebook manager, so hopefully that will um, that will uh, have more news there. I'm looking for our website, so I don't mess it up.
0: So it's uh, SweetTownTrails.org.
4: Thank you, SweetTownTrails.org. And and I'm not a Facebooker, but I'm sure if you just just search Facebook for Sweet Town Trails in Calumet, you'll you'll find it. So.
0: Absolutely, and you guys post great content there. Um, thank you again so much, Craig, for being on on the podcast today. Um, any final words as we as we say goodbye to you and welcome Iola from the Kiwanis Family Resource Center to the podcast? Uh, no, I just
4: want to say thanks for all the support, and hopefully uh, everyone can support us again uh, moving forward this year.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Craig Hughes from the Sweet Town Trails Club. Again, if you want to donate, go to phfgive.org/givingtuesday. Uh, Welcome, Iola, to the show. We are on our fourth interview here for this Giving Tuesday special edition of the PHF podcast, and as I start to record this, I just got a notification. We just got a $1,000 donation in on our website. Um, Again, if you want to donate, phfgive.org slash GivingTuesday. That donation um, is actually split between a couple different organizations, including UP Kids with their Big Brothers Big Sisters, as well as Simple Kindness for Youth. So, The donations have been coming in very steadily we're over 100 online a lot more offline Um, if you wanted to donate offline you can do that by sending a check to 400 quincy street in hancock michigan just make sure you write the check out to portage health foundation and then you either put a note with it or add on the note line of your check um, who you would like it to go to uh, which for the um, purposes of this next few minutes is going to be the kewena family resource center right iola
5: absolutely it's a great way to support children and families in um, the copper country i'd love to hear gifts to. Sky and UP Kids as well, all working together to help families.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So we are here to talk about the work you guys have done. You guys have been with us since the very beginning. This is your fifth year of doing Giving Tuesday with us. And in that time, um, you guys have raised a total of $67,954.80, um, which is absolutely incredible, including more than $30,000 last year alone. Um, Iola, tell us about what the QUNA Family Resource Center is and the work you guys do
5: we are best known for our treehouse indoor playground Uh, it's a play space designed just for kids from zero to five and it is a key component for many young families in our area Um, especially during the last couple of years we found that families are building relationships here that last beyond our building Uh, families new to the area come here looking to connect with people families that have been here a long time come to the area looking to find a great place for kids to come play and be just be loved on.
0: Absolutely. Um, and you guys are open, right? I mean, that's one of the things people were for a while you guys weren't, but you guys have been open for quite a while now, right?
5: Yeah, we've been open. We do our best to keep our doors open because we understand that not everybody has the ability to stay home during these times. And sometimes we just need a safe, clean environment for our kids to come and play. So we do a lot of precautions here to make sure it is as safe as possible for the families visiting and follow the current CDC guidelines, of course.
0: Excellent. Well, I, will, um, I want you guys to, uh, I would love for you to talk about what um, some of the things you guys have done with the, the money that's came in from Giving Tuesday. Again, one of the biggest benefits of giving Tuesday donations, um, in, in addition to us donating uh, or matching donations up the $200,000, is that the money is unrestricted, allowing organizations to to do things that they might not otherwise be able to do. So how has this money been able to benefit the organization
5: Uh, The money really goes back to our direct support to families through things like our baby closet. Um, Every year we hand out um, diapers and wipes to families that are not able to access them. So it helps us pay for the staff to run it. The community is generous of giving us the diapers and But we need money to actually hand the things out and meet with families. When we give out the diapers, we're able to talk to them about what's going on in their lives and provide them support beyond just the diapers and wipes that they get from us. Uh, One of the other things we use the funding for is scholarships to the Treehouse Indoor Playground, Uh, families that aren't able to afford the $6 a day to come and play. um, Just talk to us and we'll give you a scholarship. Uh, Families, uh, military families, low-income households. Children in foster care all get scholarships to the treehouse. And so that funds help us set, offset those expenses. Um, some other fun things we get to do with it is we um, do playgroups throughout the community. And so it helps us fund those playgroups, the travel and supplies and activities that we provide the kids and families.
0: Excellent. And um, one of the things that I like to mention about the the treehouse and, and everything you guys do, basically, um, there's not a lot of income requirements for your programming. Is that right?
5: There is no income requirements for our programs. Everything, we believe that equal access across the board is the way to do it. One of my favorite stories was a day that I was standing here in the treehouse, watching two kids play together. And I knew one of the, I knew both moms and one mom was living at the shelter home at the time and the other mom was a doctor. And of course they don't know each other's scenarios and the kids were playing and the moms are chatting. And I just love the fact that we're a place that it's an equalizer across socioeconomic and even cultural backgrounds.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things that I was gonna say on a cultural background um, perspective is, um, I, I know a lot of people from outside the area that move here, they kind of expect these things, these kind of services to be available. So a lot of them find you guys um, and, and therefore, you have some diversity, there, but a lot of people just don't know necessarily that you guys exist and how they can take advantage of your services. So, what what would you tell somebody that you know hasn't started with you guys or never brought their kids there, or might not have heard of you guys until listening to this podcast now?
5: First of all, check out our Facebook page. It's a pretty up to date of what's happening here. Um, but then just stop by and see us at the Treehouse. Uh, again, our playground is designed specifically for kids under the age of five. Um, our, when we have activities outside the treehouse, we open it up to older, eight, older children as well. So our outdoor play group and all of those, but our programming is designed for the littles. Um, but stop by, see what we do. I love giving tours. I love bragging about we do what we do. Um, if you are pregnant, uh, we have a, actually have a group for you called tummy time. You can come in and meet moms of infants and kind of get your feet wet. And we'll also hopefully see you at the hospitals with our welcome baby program.
0: Yeah, tell me about that Welcome Baby program.
5: Um, (laughs) We've been doing it for almost 25 years now. Um, We get uh, opportunities to go to the hospital and drop off a little welcome bag that's full of goodies. It has a book in there. It has information of how to find childcare. Um, It has information about WIC and all sorts of other really nice little giveaways that different people have given us. And it's just yours to take home and including a free pass to the playground.
0: I love that part of it. Um, tell me um, some of the things that you guys have going on at the Keweenaw Family Resource Center um, right now that people might want to you know know about or some of the things that are coming up.
5: Uh, the big thing is the playgroups that we have. Um, like I said, I mentioned Tummy Time, which is for infants and pregnant moms. Uh, we, we also have an outdoor playgroup that meets twice a month on Thursday mornings uh to for those that aren't comfortable coming inside uh then we have groups that meet uh, we have a group that meets up in mohawk at the horizons alternative school and some that meet here at the treehouse it's a great opportunity for you to connect to families um uh, some of our community outreach we're doing is really in front surrounding literacy and i can't wait to launch some of this Um, talking is teaching uh it allowed us to purchase some new toys for the treehouse so even if you've been here Watch for our new signs and new toys that are going to be coming.
0: Yeah, and talking is teaching. We had a call last week with some of the other nonprofits, and you brought up this topic. Tell the people a little bit about what that is, especially, you know, new parents or people that know somebody that's a new parent that might not be aware of some of these
5: things. So Talking is Teaching, we do a lot of parent education in our work as well. It's not just all fun and games. We just house our parent education in fun and games, which is great. Um, so Talking is Teaching is really a parent education piece. The more we talk to our kids and the more we sing and play with our kids and interact with them with words, um, help well, the better the vocabulary that they will build and the better they'll be ready for the start of school. Uh, families, uh, in low income areas, often, um, socioeconomic actually has been shown to have fewer words used. So this campaign is just simply there to encourage you to talk to your kid in your everyday actions. So you talk about their toes when you're diapering them, you talk about their spoon and their lips when you're feeding them. Um, yeah, it's, it's a matter of just talking and singing and reading to your kids and that will help them be ready for school.
0: Um, This and other amazing parenting tips are one reason why you need to make sure you're supporting the Q&A Family Resource Center this year on Giving Tuesday. Again, phfgive.org slash givingtuesday to do that. Um, And also I will let one of my favorite things you guys do, and I I talk about this, I swear every time I I talk with you in a situation like this anyways, is that email newsletter you guys send out to parents. Um, Tell me a little bit about that and how people can sign up to be part of that.
5: Yeah, so we send a couple of, we send out a weekly newsletter that just tells about what's happening in the area for families this has events activities whether they're ours or other people's and also has keeps us up to date on some things for the state like surveys the state's collecting and if you want to get signed up for that just shoot us an email or even comment on our facebook page and we will get you signed up
0: good it's a nice freebie and it's a and it's awesome the different events are going on you know some of them down in launch up in copper harbor here in hancock hoden area all over the place and and it's free for parents. So you have nothing to lose by signing up for it. So I'd highly suggest, um, especially if you're interested in any of those kind of events for you to sign up for that. And then Iola, do you guys have anything and I'm not expecting a specific answer, but I always like to ask is do you have anything specific planned for um, funds that you guys will end up raising through Giving Tuesday this year?
5: Yeah, it's gonna go directly to supporting the Treehouse indoor playground and the programs we have there. Uh, The indoor playground is our most expensive thing to operate. And so, This money that comes in allows us to keep the scholarship program, keep the cost low. And then also um, we use that as a foot in the door for our other programs and services such as home visiting and the baby closet
0: excellent well um thank you iola for finishing up the this first edition of the phf podcast segment giving tuesday um I, again thanks to john charmaine from dance make of music um darian Reed, the new president of spear search and rescue for jumping on and then craig hughes was awesome with the sweet town trails club it's been it's been fun to learn these are four very different parts of our community um, but all wonderful nonprofits. you can support all of them by going to phfgive.org giving tuesday uh, making your donation there Um, again, up to $200,000 or matching, just make sure when you fill that out, you select which nonprofit also new this year. If you're not sure which of these nonprofits sounds the best to you, um, you can go all the way to the bottom of the checklist and choose split between all 22 organizations. And they'll go through all of the organizations then, um, split evenly, which is, is kind of a neat thing we're excited to be doing this year. Um, Iola, any parting words before we sign off?
5: No, just thank you so much for giving, for giving on this day and supporting the community through all the different nonprofits.
0: Excellent. Thank you guys all for tuning in and we'll check you out next podcast.